Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, this is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to AOA. Thank you for joining us, letting us be part of your day as we head into the holiday weekend to kick off summer. It doesn't feel like it in many parts of the country. A cool start indeed. Some places a cold start as we go into this holiday weekend, but we hope it'll be a very good one for you, a safe one. Certainly, as we think back to a year ago, while not everything has back to normal, not all of the uh, protocols have been lifted, but Many have been, and certainly many have been eased, and it'll be a little more like normal with some of the celebrations for Memorial Day, and certainly a time when we all remember those who we have lost, those who have gone on before us, and especially those who have served our country, and we say thank you to them, those who have, and uh, those who are right now serving our country and will in the future. So we hope you'll have a great holiday weekend, and thank you for joining us today. We're going to talk trade, we're going to talk markets, and we're going to talk about using biofuels as you uh, do some traveling this holiday weekend and this summer. All that coming up on today's program, but let's start it off with the news. Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications joins us. Phil, thank you for being with us. The president about to Put out a six trillion dollar budget proposal. The printing presses must be warming up and humming there in the nation's capital, huh? <laughs> well, I don't know if the printing press has really, uh, really moved much more anymore. We were all waiting to uh, see all the documents uh, online. Although I have to say, uh, it's hard to remember less. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the details of the president's uh, wish list uh, have already have already been released. This is uh, uh, this may hit with a real thud, even more of a thud than uh, than usual. Yeah, it remains to be seen in this proposal. We emphasize proposal. How much of it he gets? I mean, these uh, these figures have just become astronomical. I mean, we're talking six trillion dollars and. Some of the uh, reports I've seen, some of the analysis, even with the tax changes and increases that they're proposing, even those would not pay for this. So it, you're, you're talking about deficit spending, right? Uh, right. Uh, and and there's, it's important to look at this in a couple of respects. One, there, is, there are the big major sources of new spending, tax credits, uh, child tax credits, infrastructure spending, all those sorts of things. President put out those uh, put out those. Uh, you know, broad proposals in April. Now there's some talks going on, negotiations going on with regard to infrastructure. The other piece of this is the is the president's proposal spending and his priorities for spending for the next fiscal year, which which starts October 1st. We're not that far away. Uh, and what the budget does is it uh, it tells the appropriators, it tells uh, uh, members of Congress. This is what our priorities are. This is where we want to put money. Um, this is we want to put more money into EPA enforcement, for example, um, more enforcement money, say at Interior, those types of things. That's uh, that's what the immediate, real immediate importance of this budget is going to be. Well, there are so many 
proposals out there. I have trouble keeping them all straight. You have climate proposals and <laughs> conservation proposals and infrastructure proposals. It almost seems like, well, if we don't get this one, we'll, we'll move, move things over into this one, and eventually we'll get one. That seems to almost be the approach. Well, that could be. I mean, there, is the, there was the, what they call the hard infrastructure, the climate and infrastructure, the American Jobs Plan. That's where all the funding is for electric vehicles, for uh, uh, clean electricity, uh, roads and bridges, uh, $100 billion for, rural, for broadband, so forth. That's in that American Jobs Plan. And then there was this American Families Plan with child care tax credits and uh, a, a lot of other more soft infrastructure, some people call it social uh, domestic spending. Uh, how this all gets uh, wrapped together or how what, what pieces of this eventually get passed and how it really remains to be seen. Right now, as I mentioned, there's these negotiations between Republicans, Senate, some Senate Republicans and the White House over some of the hard infrastructure, roads, bridges, broadband, uh, and and the like. Uh, we'll see how long those negotiations go and whether they produce anything uh, remains to be seen. What is your sense of the, how the administration feels about sticking with trying to get bipartisan support or just at some point saying, if we can't get it, we're just going to push it through anyway? Well, it all comes down to a couple of uh, Democratic senators, uh, either one of them, uh, Joe Manchin of uh, West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema uh, of Arizona. Uh, very interesting. They've both been pushing the president to, to keep talking to Republicans. Uh, and, and just a reminder, if either one of any Democrat doesn't vote for this uh, bill in the budget reconciliation process, uh, it doesn't go anywhere. So they can't lose anyone. So tremendous power in these two. Manchin this week, uh, you know, said he liked what he was, uh, liked what he was seeing. Uh, and he, he took a poke, interestingly, uh, at uh, the electric vehicle uh, uh, charging station uh, funding that the president wants. So, you know, he's... It's it's all up to those two. If they want if they want them to negotiate, if they want the president to make a deal with uh, Republicans, uh, he's not going to have much choice. But there is some concern, isn't there, among Democrats, especially in rural areas, about some of these tax proposals? Oh, absolutely, and you know we we haven't gotten to how do you pay for it. Uh, um, and I think there'd be real problems for the Democrats uh, if they uh, if they push forward with some of these, particularly this uh, proposal to tax all capital gains and death. Uh, that's going to make uh, some rural Democrats very uncomfortable. Um, so we'll see. I, that's a that's a heavy lift. It's uh, pretty important to progressives, but uh, it's a very very heavy lift. Um, to get that through uh, both the House and, and the Senate. Especially if you're running for re-election next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, and, you know, the administration is saying, well, the farmers will be exempt from that, but uh, it, it just, it simply defers the tax liability as long as the, the farms uh, or small businesses stay in operation. So it's not really, uh, you know, we're, 
it's still breathing, obviously, as you're hearing, a lot of concern out in uh, farm country. Yep. Well, it's going to be an interesting summer, that's for sure. Phil, good to talk with you. Thanks for the update. Have a great holiday weekend. Yeah, thanks. Take care. Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. Well, something else starting to come into focus, and that is uh, trade relations with China. Now, they've been buying a lot of ag products, but we're starting to get to the point where there's many other, of course, concerns coming to the forefront. Our U.S. trade representative is meeting with China's top trade official. Uh, So things are kind of starting to come into focus. We have some USMCA news we've been uh, keeping up on as well. We'll talk about all that with Brian Keel, co-executive director of Farmers for Free Trade, next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Your harvest is your most important asset. It's like money in the bank, and you can get everything you need to store and protect it through one source, your FS Grain System Specialist. With any brand of grain system you choose, your specialist will oversee planning and construction to make sure it's done right. And you can count on FS for maintenance too. Contact your local FS company or visit fsgrainsystems.com. It's one more way FS is bringing you what's next. Every day, DTN and Progressive Farmer editors are posting unique original content to their website at dtnpf.com, bringing you the latest news and information you need for your day-to-day business decisions. Their award-winning newsroom covers markets, news, and weather, while also providing insights on crop, cattle, equipment, technology, and more. They are committed to delivering the essential intelligence farmers need every day to help your farm business be more efficient and profitable. Visit dtnpf.com today. To be the king of the road, you have to fill with the king of diesels. We're talking about Cenex Premium Diesel. It comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Cenex Roadmaster XL even cleans up and prevents injector fouling to keep your trucks out of the shop and on the road. And typical number two diesel? That's always an option. The wrong option. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor. Restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, 
someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, let's talk some trade issues with Brian Keel with Farmers for Free Trade. Brian, good to talk with you again. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having us on, and thanks for, for all that you do for agriculture. My pleasure. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, China. They've been big buyers of U.S. Uh, ag commodities, but uh, there are some uh, warning signs of trouble <laughs> could possibly down the road as the uh, two countries, as we look at the big picture, there are some issues to be dealt with. Uh, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai spoke with China's top trade official this week, kind of a introductory type of meeting, a virtual meeting, if you will. Um, do you have concerns about moving forward with trade with China? Um, well, I, I, that's a great way to frame a question. I, I think that uh, we're not expecting to see a thaw in relations with China anytime soon. Um, you know, China has been buying a lot of ag products, which is good. Uh, a lot of that, we think, is demand-driven, that they need the ag products, and we have them for sale, so that's why they're buying them. Uh, They're about 29% off the targets from the Phase 1 China deal, uh, the uh, Phase 1 deal that uh, that President Trump negotiated with China. So it's good that they're buying ag products. They're not at the point where they should be at this point during the year. Um, But, you know, the Biden administration clearly hasn't come in and just folded its cards. They've they've taken the position that President Trump had, had, had staked out and sort of continued that position. So they're playing tough with China as well. And I think that bodes for, you know, a, a, a freeze cycle that will continue, I would guess, at least a year before we start to see a thaw. Yeah, interesting that President Biden, who almost immediately upon taking office, started reversing a lot of the uh, policies of the Trump administration. But when it comes to China, he kind of left things alone as they were. That's right. And, and, you know, there's, there's reasons to believe that, you know, as you, as you intimated in your, in your intro, that things could get worse. Um, you know, we've got, uh, we've got issues with Taiwan. We've got issues with uh, the Uyghurs, uh, the Muslim minority in China, China's suppression of the Uyghurs. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, that's going to come to a head uh, with China hosting the Olympics here coming up in a, in a while. I mean, these are these are all flashpoints, and um, and it's not hard to envision the U.S. even strengthening, uh, getting even tougher uh, before before we start to see some kind of thaw. And as we've seen many times before, things, events outside of agriculture, usually wind up impacting our agricultural trade. Uh, meanwhile, the Department of Agriculture's Economic Research Service is forecasting an even higher record-breaking year for U.S. ag exports in fiscal year 2021. That is certainly encouraging news. It absolutely is, and I, I think, you know, 
good Lord knows our farmers need it. We've had a had a tough number of years, and so if we can if we can boost commodity prices and keep them up and uh, and and export and draw down our our storage, that's all good. Um, you know, the, the the long game is obviously also important, though. Uh, it's good to have a good year, but we want we want every year to be a good year with some some amount of certainty and stability, and and that's why expanding and opening new markets is so critical. Um, one place where we really think the Biden administration needs to step up is the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Uh, as you'll recall, that was a deal that Obama had negotiated with 11 other Pacific Rim com- countries. It was important because it opened up some of these countries like Vietnam to U.S. ag exports. Um, in fact, American Farm Bureau estimated it would increase farm revenue in the United States by $4 billion a year. So we're not, we're not talking chump change. That's a big chunk of, of exports. Um, President Trump pulled us out of the TPP on his, I think, second day in office. We think the Biden administration, that's a policy that Biden administration should reverse. They should drive us into the TPP, try to open those markets, and really allow the U.S. to play more actively in, in the Pacific Rim as a counterweight to China. There have been some talk that China might try to get into TPP, but um, we heard a few days ago from the senior vice president of the U.S.-China Business Council, Jake Parker, told us he did not think that was very likely to happen, that he didn't think China would uh, commit to doing the things that would be needed to do to get in. So we'll, we'll wait and watch that story. We're talking with Brian Keel with Farmers for Free Trade. Now, Brian, we've had some action on USMCA, kind of the first real test for USMCA as uh, we're going to be entering this dispute settlement process with Canada over their dairy policies. That's right. And, and you know, we're very pleased to see the Biden administration taking this strong stance right out of the gates. And I, I think it's, it's notable for a couple of reasons. I mean, number one, it's notable because they're going to bat for dairy farmers. And, and again, Lord knows our dairy farmers need the help. So, so that's a good thing. But to put it in context, contemplate that, we don't have an ag ambassador, a trade negotiator appointed yet. You know, the Biden administration's still young. They're, they're only a few months into office. So they're taking a fairly strong ag stand even before their ag team is built out. And I think that, that is heartening to see. And I think it's a, it's a shot across the bow for Canada and Mexico in the context of U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade. But I think it's also a shot across the bow for EU and UK and others saying, saying, look, when we negotiate agreements, we expect them to be upheld, and 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 we don't, we're not going to cotton to countries uh, shortcutting on those agreements. We'll go to bat for our farmers, and and that's a good thing. Yeah, the good news, the administration is is addressing it through the the, the dispute settlement process. Kind of maybe the bad side of that is those things take a while. They do. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not entirely sure how long this will take. I would expect that maybe by this fall we might see a decision on that. I mean, the, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement has expedited mechanisms for perishable products, and milk is considered perishable. So it's it, it should be on a fast track for resolution. Um, so knock on wood. But I think the bigger the bigger story or bigger thing for, for listeners to focus on is when you think about international trade, and what good for farmers. At the end of the day, what's important is that we have a rules-based system of trade. And, and what do I mean by that? I mean, 
it, w- farmers need some certainty. We can't have this sort of, you know, up one day, down the next day. We've got enough of that with weather and, and up, you know, normal price volatility. When it comes to trade, we want that as stable as we can possibly get it. And a rules-based system where we negotiate an agreement, we have a dispute resolution settlement or a dispute settlement mechanism, that's what allows us to create certainty with trade. And, and this is a good example of that. Uh, President Trump negotiated the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. He negotiated a dispute settlement mechanism. If Canada misbehaves, we now have a, a remedy. We go uh, bring it to this dispute settlement uh, uh, panel and hopefully get get a favorable ruling that allows us to to increase our dairy exports to Canada. And we have some issues with Mexico uh, on GMOs. That uh, we'll see how that plays out too. Another test for USMCA. I think that's right, and and I think it's, it doesn't stop GMOs. I think there have been all sorts of flashpoints with Mexico uh, on a whole slew of issues, and and again, I think that's. That's why this shot across the bow with Canada is so important. I think it sends a very strong signal to Mexico uh, about the posture the U.S. will take. And, you know, countries, countries watch these types of, uh, types of moves very closely. So this is definitely being noticed in, uh, south of the border. So all in all, even with the challenges, uh, things for the most part are looking pretty good on on trade, uh, always things to work on, always challenges that pop up, but uh, certainly it seems to be better than it has been in a while. Well, I think that's right, and I think another bright spot that we haven't touched on yet is you know the the cooling of tensions with the EU. You know, there's been this big trade dispute with Boeing and Airbus, and, and like you said earlier, ag tends to get caught up in these disputes even when they don't have anything to do with the dispute. So Boeing and Airbus are beating up on each other because of subsidies, and U.S. ag has been caught in the crosshairs, including U.S. whiskey exports. Um, fortunately, the EU and the U.S. seem to be cooling that, that dispute, and, and hopefully we move to a point where we can boost exports uh, to the EU in, in the coming months. Yeah, trade is a complicated issue, a lot of layers to it, and one thing can uh, certainly uh, affect a lot of other areas, kind of a domino effect, so we watch it all. Brian, good to talk with you again. Have a good holiday weekend. Thank you. As well, Mike. Thanks so much for all you do. Take care. Brian Keel, co-executive director of Farmers for Free Trade. Well, it's been a, a bumpy week on the, with the markets and a lot of people wondering where are we headed. We're going to talk it over with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. Get his thoughts on the markets as we head into the month of June. So stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Every Tuesday, we're sitting around the table, sponsored by CHS, where we'll be talking with folks from throughout the cooperative system. Join us as we discover what makes cooperatives unique when there are more options to do business with than ever before. We'll learn how farmers and ranchers like you benefit from a system where decisions are made by the members that own it. Tune in every Tuesday for Around the Table or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. 
did you know that biodiesel reduces carbon emissions by 74% on average? It's the best option available today for states and cities across America looking to immediately cut carbon emissions. It's an important contribution from America's farmers to meeting the nation's carbon reduction goals right now. That's why we say biodiesel is better, cleaner, now. Learn more by visiting bettercleanernow.com, brought to you by the National Biodiesel Board in partnership with soybean farmers and their checkoff program. You're listening to AOA, I'm Kirsten Rall. It is the last trading day of the month and a day before the three-day weekend. This could influence trade in some ways or just level futures drifting. This morning, we are seeing mixed futures across the board of trade. July corn trading a penny and a fraction of a cent higher at 6.65 and a half cent. The September contract down three and a fraction at 5.82. For soybeans, the July contract down three cents at 15.34 and a fraction. The August contract down three quarters at 14.86 and a half cent. For wheat, Chicago wheat July trading eight and a fraction lower at 6.68. Kansas City wheat July down seven cents at 6.19. Minneapolis spring wheat July trading five and a fraction higher at 7.22 and a half cent. The September contract up four and three quarters at 7.28 and a half cent. The USDA said it would not seek to overturn a court ruling ordering pork packing plants to operate at slower line speeds. Even though this will not take effect immediately, it may impact trading. June lean hogs on the board of trade trading a dollar sixty-seven higher at one seventeen forty. The July contract up three dollars at one nineteen seventy. For feeder cattle, the August contract seventeen cents higher at one fifty-three oh two. The September contract up twenty-five at one fifty-five oh seven. For live cattle, the June contract down twenty cents at one sixteen fifteen. The August contract down twenty-seven cents at one nineteen fifteen. In cash cattle country, it's quiet to start this morning with business essentially done for this week, even though we may see a little cleanup today. Asking prices for cattle left on show lists are around $120 plus in the south and $192 in the north. This week, trade has southern live deals marked at $116 to $120. Northern dress deals have a range of $187 to $192, mostly at $191. You're listening to AOA. I'm Kirsten Rall. What do Mick Jagger, Barbara Walters, and Star Jones all have in common? They've all suffered from something called heart valve disease. Heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans, and if left untreated, can lead to death. Unfortunately, less than one in four Americans have much knowledge of this disease that kills more than 25,000 people every year. The good news is that if heart valve disease is treated, patients can recover and live long, happy, and productive lives. But in order to treat heart valve disease, you need to know if you have it. If you or your loved ones are over the age of 65, have been treated with radiation to the chest, have been diagnosed with a heart murmur, or have a history of heart disease, it's time to listen to your heart. Ask your doctor today about screening for heart valve disease. A message brought to you by Heart Valve Voice U.S. For more information about the symptoms and treatment for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Been an interesting week with the markets. Let's talk it over with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. Matt, thanks for joining us. How much rain did you get in East Central Illinois? 
I'll tell you what, we had a nice little shower. Uh, you know, that system that came over yesterday afternoon looked pretty ominous. We were worried about hail and a uh, huge downpour, but actually we didn't get a lot right in here out of that rain. I think overall, though, we ended up with around seven tenths to a little over an inch uh, on everything that we farmed. So I really can't complain, especially the way that thing looked uh, about noon yesterday. How do crops look so far? Oh, I, uh, again, I cannot complain. I really feel uh, uh, good about where we sit. We actually have a really good stand. It's probably as good a stand as what we've had since 2012 on the corn. A very good uniform emergence, good color. Uh, Got to feel really good there. Soybeans were all put in the ground pretty early, so uh, getting some good growth on them at this stage. And uh, I actually feel like uh, we have a chance for an awfully good crop, very similar to 2012. But 2012, you know, at this point, it had been much warmer all the way through. And, uh, of course, we were already starting to trend pretty dry. So uh, definitely a different year than 12. But uh, we've got, uh, I guess, the benefits of really good-looking crops. Yeah, we were starting to warm up, but now have cooled back off here as we head into the holiday weekend. All right, Matt, uh, it's been an up-and-down week, and a lot of people concerned about what's happening with the markets, wondering what's going on with the markets. Is it uh, it the outside money? Is it the computers driving this? Or what do you see for the volatility we have right now? Well, you know, on the week, uh, wheat really hasn't done a ton. Uh, as far as corn and beans were up, uh, you know, on both uh, after yesterday. Okay, so uh, the markets, obviously, uh, it's been topsy-turvy. You, you had a limit lower move in corn and a limit higher move in corn on a week with no report. I mean, that's not common, especially especially in May. You know, and if we're around pollination time frame, I could probably buy into that, but it's a wild time. And so basically Wednesday, we took the market all the way down to 602 level, which was very strong support in July corn. We bounced off of it and closed virtually where the market is uh, today, uh, you know, there on Thursday, 62 cents off that low. Uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, uh, it's, it was an extremely wild trade. And a lot of it had to do with bouncing off support. First of all, China talked about canceling some, uh, uh, you know, some corn cargoes, and then they turned around and uh, the rumors that they bought corn on the same day. Now, uh, that's uh, a trick in their playbook that they've used more than once, uh, but the trade took it the hook, line, and sinker. And so um, going into the weekend, it sure seems to me like a very quiet trade. It's a three-day weekend. I think people have seen the excitement and the fireworks, and the volume's a lot lower today. So it's still China, China, China right now, right? I mean, what they do still impacts everything greatly. They were buying so much, couldn't hardly expect them to continue on that pace. But what do you see ahead? I mean, what's going on there, you think? Have they kind of bought what they need for now, or do you see them uh, continuing anything close to this pace? Uh, I think the pace is definitely going to slow. But, you know, what do we look for moving forward, like, for instance, in the next year? I think that you can look for China to actually uh, um, continue buying corn. I think one thing they're trying to do is curb price inflation, uh, especially with uh, corn and with some of their food inflation, uh, for one. The other thing is you got to ask yourself why that's happening in China. And i, I got to think that it's because they've got less corn sitting around. And so I think from a security standpoint, they're still going to want to be owners of corn. I know they're talking about lowering their uh, bean meal and their rations. Uh, but my personal opinion is that they're going to still be in buying corn. I know that some of the majors 
some of the major uh, originators and end users that we talk to certainly feel like uh, you could see big purchases from China moving forward. So I think you're going to see it slow down. But overall, I do think the demand's still going to be there. We're talking with Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. So we have learned again or been reminded that volatility works both ways, up and down. And after weeks of uh, wondering how high the market would go, we've been kind of thinking lately how low could it go in, in this environment. What are your thoughts? I'll tell you what, Mike, you just said a lot. And I think that a person needs to listen to exactly what you just said because, you know, whenever you saw these corn dip to the level, a lot of us in central Illinois couldn't get $5 out of the field for fall delivery corn. I think there's a lot of frustration. And producers said, well, I think I'm going to go ahead and sell some corn if we get back over 5 bucks." And then you turn around and voila, you're back over 550 corn on these. And yeah. so, what what what's your profitability at 552 these corn? You know, I mean, I've been asking this to producers every day. Uh, we got to understand the benchmark between today and two days ago. Whenever uh, July corn uh, was down 40 at one time, or three days ago, uh, I'll tell you what. There's a big disparity, huge difference in profitability per acre. I, I've got to be figuring that all up, and so. Uh, perspective is what this week has brought, if nothing else. And a producer has to be well aware that we're sitting in a really good position right now as far as production uh, possibilities look, and and we need to be respectful, I think, of uh, what opportunities this market has been affording us. We're headed towards the June 30th uh, acres report. Um, A lot of speculation. Everyone expects the course numbers to be higher than what USDA said last time, but uh, how much higher do you think? Yeah, it's a, that's the big question. And so my uh, our research would suggest that between corn and beans, uh, we probably won't pick up more than uh, uh, 4 million acres or a little bit more. Now, I know there's some awfully big numbers out there, and there's certainly reason to believe that we could see as big increases as we've seen in a long time whenever you see profit margins where they're at compared to these last few years. But my personal opinion, uh, you go up from 91.1, up to uh, somewhere between 93 and 94 million acres. I haven't put out an official estimate yet, uh, but that's probably about where we're going to be based on the producers we talked to. As far as uh, soybeans are concerned, I don't think you're going to get beans up to 90 million acres. I'm concerned that that that's going to happen. I think you're probably going to land in that 88.5 to 89 uh, area, maybe 89.5. Uh, but bottom line, that really doesn't work on the soybean supply and demand balance sheet very well. So I think that you're still going to see very supportive markets, uh, especially whenever you look at new crop soybeans. You mentioned uh, your crops look good in East Central Illinois. We know some areas are still struggling, uh, the Dakotas and parts of Minnesota, places like that, even parts of Iowa. Uh, but the market, I'm a- I guess, will assume a-, a-, a very good crop, right, until shown otherwise. So. Will the market react much to these weekly planting and crop condition numbers? You know, another great question, Mike, and, and it will. I mean, typically we see some reaction, and I think that next week getting the first corn condition ratings that you probably are going to see uh, some of the better ratings that we've seen for the first week. I don't know that it'll be all-time greatest. It'll be pretty good, though. You know, whenever I drive from one end of Illinois to the other, uh, for the most part, I'm seeing extremely good uh, stands, good color, uh, you know, good uniformity. And I think uh, whenever you get into our Indiana, I see a lot of the same thing. Now in Iowa, there are some areas that I think struggled with some uniform emergence, but uh, they seem to be straightening out fairly well. So 
I think the market's going to watch it very closely, but I'm like you. I think that most people are going to assume a, a good yield. I think the big factor is going to be how many uh, acres are we going to tack on that uh, assumed good yield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like an awful lot of uh, uh, volatility and questions for heading into the Memorial Day weekend. I mean, we haven't even got really into summer yet. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, Mike, it's probably going to be a very wild ride. I, I think that a producer would be well suited to, um, you know, to quantify some worst-case scenarios. You know, and then uh, if they want to, uh, there's so many good tools out there. They can participate in an upside market if they want. But I'll tell you what, the volatility is, is likely to remain very stout until we uh, get a good handle on what this crop size is going to be. Are you encouraging uh, sales for next year's crop? Uh, 22 whenever we crept back up here towards $5. Some folks that missed the boat on $5 plus 22 corn, uh, you know, some of those are dipping their toe in the water. Uh, for me, uh, it's a little easier to get more aggressive on 22 soybeans of this corn because we're so beholden uh, to input prices whenever we talk about corn. Uh, we don't know what those input prices are going to be just yet due to the fact that if we see a huge run-up in prices this summer for corn, uh, you know, it's going to be tough to buy inputs cheap. And most people are not pricing fall inputs yet, uh, you know, and I understand why they're not because there's so much volatility that could exist there. But getting 10, 15 percent of 22 production locked in at historically profitable prices is really good business, in my opinion. You see soy oil continuing to be strong with this push for with the, the climate goals. That seems to really be a good opportunity for renewable diesel. Yeah, I think that soil will remain strong, and I think one thing that it's really done is it's helped with crush margins, uh, you know, and, and so bottom line for me moving forward is that this push, uh, especially, you know, for instance, in California, you know, for biodiesel, uh, it, it's been uh, good. I think it's going to remain good, and uh, moving forward, I think that uh, you're going to see that really supportive of soybeans at times whenever people are talking about, for instance, in China, taking bean meal out of some of their rations. So buckle up for a wild summer's ride, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it could be it could be really crazy. I mean, you know, from one day to the next, you could see some drastically different prices, let alone one week to the next. All right. Matt, thanks a lot. Have a great holiday weekend. Absolutely, bud. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Matt Bennett with agmarket.net. Well, hopefully people will be able to get out and uh, do some uh, driving, some traveling this holiday weekend. We hope it will be a safe one for you. And we hope that you will look for those higher ethanol blends like E15 and E85. We're going to talk about that next with Robert White with the Renewable Fuels Association. Talk about defining those uh, higher blends at lower prices and where you can find them and an interesting contest you might want to participate in. We'll tell you all about it next on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. You may not realize how important three letters can be. 
For a patient who needs type A, B, or O blood, these letters can mean life, but there simply aren't enough people giving blood. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs it, but only about 3% of the population donates. Without more donors, hospitals may not have the blood needed to save lives. That's why the American Red Cross needs people to help restore the A's, B's, and O's that are depleting each day. When you make your appointment to donate blood at redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types, you can help give strength to kids, parents, and grandparents who face life and death challenges. From cancer patients to accident survivors, waiting for critical surgeries, your generosity can give someone more life. Don't wait until the letters A, B, and O are missing from hospital shelves. You are the missing type patient's need. Visit redcrossblood.org forward slash missing types or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to make your donation appointment today. Through the years, you've really kept up with the times. You're on social media. Like, like, dislike, block, Maintained your health? 10,000 steps. I'm a beast. You even programmed your own smart home. In 10 minutes, remind me that I'm a genius. In 10 minutes, I'll remind you that you're a genius. If you can do all that, you can definitely save for retirement. Just go to aceyourretirement.org, a free online tool sponsored by AARP that can help you get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll meet Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach, and in just three minutes, get personalized recommendations to help boost your retirement savings. They're easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's brought to you by AARP, so you know they got your back. You are a genius. Take charge of your retirement. Go to aceyourretirement.org now. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, President of Missouri Farm Bureau, Garrett Hawkins. Agriculture has pushed for years for infrastructure improvements. Then you get proposals now that seem to address some of those issues, but along with it comes how to pay for it. Where do you stand on this, and how do you see the pluses and minuses of what's being proposed right now? I've heard a lot of our members use the acronym SSDD. Same story, different day. Seems like here we go again through the years that all of a sudden we talk about death being attacked. Event. That is the fundamental issue that we're talking about. And the administration has put forth a plan, a multifaceted plan, but the piece that we're most worried about is the elimination of stepped-up basis and then what the plan is to impose capital gains tax at death. While they've tried to tell agriculture, hey, don't worry, we're still having this fundamental conversation and trying to talk about fairness and legacy in terms of what we do in agriculture. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. In your everyday business operations, there are endless things you can't control. Fuel prices don't have to be one of them. With the Average Price Contracting Program available at FS, we can provide you with a way to reduce the uncertainty of fluctuating fuel prices. It's a smart and convenient way for you to know what your fuel costs are going to be so that you can enjoy a little peace of mind. The Average Price Contracting Program at FS is just one more way that we can help take your business further. Contact your FS Energy Specialist today. Visit GoFurtherWithFS.com for more information. To be the king of the road, you have to fill with the king of diesels. We're talking about Cenex Premium Diesel. It comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Cenex Roadmaster XL even cleans up and prevents injector fouling to keep your trucks out of the shop and on the road. And typical number two diesel? That's always an option. The wrong option. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. For 
more than 135 years, the editors of Progressive Farmer have provided generations of farmers and ranchers with the information they need and trust to make informed and profitable decisions. We know you need that content delivered on multiple platforms, so it's available when you want it. That's why we created our weekly podcast called Field Posts. Join me, Sarah Mock, each week as I interview agriculture's top thought leaders, as well as farming's most diverse team of editors at the Progressive Farmer and DTN on a wide range of subject matter. From farm policy and crop production to finances, technology, and so much more, you'll have a front row seat to learn and engage in what's happening in agriculture today. You can find the podcast listed on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or by visiting our website at dtnpf.com backslash field posts. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know on AOA. Now, back to Mike Adams. Some of you may be hitting the road this holiday weekend as things open up more and more all the time. We urge you to be careful and also urge you to look for those higher ethanol blends at the pump. Let's talk about that with Robert White, Vice President, Industry Relations for the Renewable Fuels Association. Robert, good to talk with you and uh, certainly more and more places motors can find those higher ethanol blends more all the time right yeah and that's a great thing thanks for having me mike and, and happy friday but we're seeing new e15 and new e85 stations somewhere in the country almost every other day now not only do you get a great fuel an environmentally friendly fuel but you're you'll find it at a lower price at the pump as well that's right. You're cutting your greenhouse gas emissions. You're lowering your carbon footprint. And at the same time, E15 is averaging about a 2.7% discount, and E85 is all the way over 22% discount on a nationwide average. As people are traveling and they're not sure where they can find E15 or E85, what's the best way? Is there some source that they can go to to get that information? Yeah, we own E85Prices.com, and a few years ago when E15 was introduced, we added E15 and, and even the mid-level blends so that consumers can track down those higher-level blends and at the same time report their pricing that they saw or that they purchased uh, and, and seen at those stations so that others can see those prices and maybe lure them into those stations as well. And so it's E85Prices.com, and we even have a mobile app for that as well. Well, speaking of reporting those prices, you have an Ethanol Days of Summer contest. Tell us about that. Well, this is our fourth year of doing this. We took off during COVID last year simply because gasoline demand and, and vehicle miles traveled were so low. Uh, we didn't we didn't want to throw money somewhere where we didn't think of getting much traction, but we brought it back this year. And so it's pretty simple. You have to have a registered account at 85prices.com. You can do that on the website or on the mobile application. And then simply report the prices that you see or, or that you experience when fueling up with E15, E30, E85, whatever higher blend. And then once a week, we're going to draw a $100 fuel card winner uh, from the randomly from those that submitted prices that week. 
And so we encourage people to participate in that. And we hope to see, uh, as I mentioned, things opening up now and restrictions are, are easing. Hope to see more people out uh, traveling and um, we'll see that fuel demand pick up. Yeah, and we are starting to see that. Uh, I looked at AAA's stats for predictions for the weekend, and they were thinking over 37 million travelers, which that would put it up over 60% uh, up from last year, still down from 2019. But what we're starting to see is that 90% of the travelers really would prefer to drive at this point. They're not ready to dive back into the airports or the airplanes. And so I think you're going to see some of what we've termed as revenge driving, Mike, where you, you you don't necessarily know where you're going, but you're going to get out and drive a little bit. And I think there's a lot of America that needs to get out and about after this last 16 months, and, and that'll continue to drive demand definitely through the summer. As you talk and work with retailers about offering higher ethanol blends, what is their biggest uh, uh, question or or what is why why would they be reluctant to offer the higher blends? Well, right now we're in a very strange position because they they were honestly just trying to survive last year with lack of gasoline demand that meant less people stopping that meant less people coming inside and and they just were trying to keep the doors and light doors open and lights on. But right now, you know, as we're coming out of the fog, you're seeing the discounts of those higher blends start to lure in more people, lure in more questions. And I think we're going to see some sort of a, a dam break. If, if you're not interested, if you're not learning, if you're not going to install E15, especially in some of these communities where you're seeing multiple vendors start to offer it, they're worried about being left behind and then ultimately uh, ultimately being uh, shuttered because they don't have those customers anymore. So I think you're going to see a lot of announcements in the coming months. Of course, we have a lot of infrastructure coming out of USDA's HBIT program, and that's a lot of E15 and E85. And more and more people are more aware now and wanting to do something about greenhouse gas emissions and concerned about things like carbon emissions, things like that. Um, and while a lot of attention and publicity is going to electric vehicles, we're trying to remind people again, hey, you can you can help the climate, you can help the environment with what we already have in place right now, the fuel, the infrastructure in place with ethanol. Yeah, that's very important because no matter what your position on EVs might be or or how long you think they will take to become a predominant percentage of our our vehicle fleet, why would we want to wait for those same benefits? We we have that opportunity today, and the one great thing about ethanol beyond that it's available today is that it actually costs less. There are so many alternatives. There are so many things that are better for the environment almost all of them cost more ethanol does not and again tell us about that contest where people can get signed up so they can participate and maybe win that fuel card yeah very simple go to e85prices.com or download the mobile app for e85prices.com sign up report the prices you see or that you pay at for e15 mid-level blends of e85 and we'll draw a random $100 fuel card each week through Labor Day. So travel safe and travel on ethanol. Robert, thanks a lot. Have a great holiday weekend. Same to you, Mike. Take care. 
Robert White, Vice President, Industry Relations for the Renewable Fuels Association. That wraps it up for today and for the week. We do hope you have a very good holiday weekend, a very special time. Kind of that unofficial start to summer, but most importantly, a time to remember those who have gone on before us and especially those who have served our country. Have a great, safe holiday, everyone. Join us again next week right here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines.